My name is Christina, and thank you for checking into the Humphrey Widow Seas. This is a podcast where a guest and I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. And today, we have, obviously, a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, I definitely would. So I am Zan. I am a uh, tabletop creator, professional GM, and uh, trying to learn a little bit more about uh, integrating some, some therapies into, um, into, into, into games themselves. And I have made a cool little character uh, named Finn that I am uh, especially proud of. Yes. Yes, good. Very, very good. And I think we should... And before I forget, um, is is Finn from... Finn, wait, Finn or Fen? Um, you know, it's a little ambiguous. Uh, I, I do have okay. a pretty heavy Mississippi draw on me, so I, I think my pronunciation <laughs> comes off a little sometimes. Um, Finn is how I normally say it. Okay, okay, gotcha. So, am I correct in thinking that Finn is from a game uh, that you were in with friend of the show Calliope? I most certainly was. Calliope was the main co-conspirator, was the was the GM of that wonderful little game uh, called Standing Stones. Awesome. Was, yeah. Oh, it was great. Love to hear it, love to hear it. Yeah, um, it was uh, a game using the... Uh, it was a game using ravens uh, from the Black Feather Guild. Her uh, fundamental 2.0 rule set, uh, kind of in a homebrewed setting that Calliope is alongside myself and the rest of the players, all kind of world built together, and we came at it with okay. concepts that we wanted to play and things that we did and didn't want to see in our fantasy world because we all knew that we were coming mm-hmm. together to tell like a coming of age story, yeah. and. So there's aspects of that that, you know, each of us wanted to experience for ourselves, and that, you know, maybe it was a little bit too raw of a nerf, so we had to avoid. And we wound up building this really wonderful, whimsical little world that felt very earnest. And it was very Aww. strange. Like, the, the mayor was a, the mayor and one of his sons, who was one of the, uh, one of the player characters, were mm-hmm. anthropomorphic, um, what is the word, pangolins. Uh, oh! Oh, yeah. those are so delightful. It, would, it was it was wonderful and very whimsical. We we really got to have a lot of fun describing scenes like how a character that is built that way interacts with the world. And we had just a whole slew of wonderful folks on there. And Good. Yes, I we we were kind of talking and world building about it and mm-hmm. I really just want I I kind of was stumped on a character concept until game day and I mm-hmm. couldn't really <laughs> think of anything and it was like you know what let's just be water let's let's just be water and so finn is uh as as i used to say in the intro season uh 99% water and 2% anxiety <laughs> just a a uh, a sentient mass of water that has to mm-hmm. interact with the rest of the folks who are all you know bipedal land things and mm-hmm. carbon just, based organisms. You know, they, they have a little bit more squishy bits to them than, than just the water does. And so it was mm-hmm. very fun the whole time getting to like explore when your body doesn't move, it doesn't necessarily have to move at the at the joints. Like what does it look like? And what is what are ways that we can we can play around with interacting in this world? How would I run and things like that? It was just okay. it was such a fun experience from start to finish. You you mentioning um, Finn figuring out like how to run is just the the image that sprang to my mind. Zan is like 
the old like steamboat Willie like like uh, silly symphonies era of like hosepipe animation where like their arms and their legs would flail and like pinwheels forward. You mm-hmm. know, it, it definitely started out like that. Towards the end of the game, we managed to figure out like a uh, like kind of a crashing rapids over dry land kind of effect. But yeah, it okay. was it was not not graceful for a good little while there. There were some <laughs> there were some hiccups along the road. Nice. So before before we get into kind of like like the main the main body of Finn's story, um, I kind of want to touch on because um, you mentioned uh, that y'all were playing in the the fundamentals system. I yeah. think. Yeah, fundamentals. What's that 2. look 1. like? So that is going to be a D twenty um, priest uh, setting agnostic uh, rule set done by uh, Raven Evermore uh, of the Black Feather Guild. Um, You'll find her most places as Raven, and okay. uh, who's who's just a wonderful person. That it was kind of the the grounds that uh, Calliope and I were able to meet on, and so that was mm-hmm. like she she's just doing a wonderful job, being a wonderful voice in, in the community. And um, mm-hmm. this the the rule set itself are just pretty pretty basic. There's no classes mm-hmm. there's no anything like that it's just here are points to put into skills here are some magics available think of your own if they aren't there there's a fun concept about swiftness and being able to take multiple actions of a turn and like up okay a challenges and and um assets feature built in and there, there's some really cool stuff going on there i'm writing this down because i'm gonna have to check out that system myself it's it's a good one it's a very good one if you if you have a strong mind for a setting um, it will it will apply itself pretty easily to it. Good, especially because I feel like a lot of the times it's like if you're playing, if you're wanting to, if you're wanting to use the masks system, like just as a example of a tabletop system, like you're gonna have a hard time breaking out of like the superheroic like kind of tropes because it's mm-hmm. it's part of it's part of masks. Yeah. Or like if you're wanting to do. An interstitial game. It might be harder to not do something that's Kingdom Hearts related. Mm-hmm. So like, hearing about Fundamentals 2.0 is it, it that is going to be a very good tool for everyone to have uh, in their toolboxes. Oh yeah, it's it's a it's a good it's a it is a fantastic addition to your shelf, definitely. Awesome. Okay, so thank you for explaining that. No problem. Uh, so where would you like to start with Finn's story? Um, I feel like it's a little more fun to to tell it as was discovered rather than uh, rather than linearly. Yeah, so yeah, go for Finn, it. Finn, um, like I mentioned above, uh, before the game started, I wasn't really sure about like about what I wanted to do. I was hoping I, I normally mm-hmm. in tabletop games. I don't know if you can tell from the the the, the smile and over exaggerated movements, but I typically play a face. <laughs> And so I just didn't want to play a face for once. I was like, I want let's let's I want a little water dude who is just cool and chill and just mm-hmm. sticks to his fishes. He's got some fishes that he's been working on and like doing some like creating distinctive patterns of magic in fish. So so I guess where to start is the town mm-hmm. of Pylon that we were in. Um there is no magic. There is an anti-magic bubble around the entire town, and that is where... Interesting. Yeah, so the world itself, very, very high magic, very high fantasy. 
um, but our mm-hmm. specific area is not. And it was mm-hmm. it is this way intentionally, and there were other options in game we just didn't explore um, about why they were there and who did them. <laughs> uh, that that wasn't what we were really interested in. We were interested in getting the uh, getting the heck out of dodge. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so the only real magic that was in the town um, would mm-hmm. come down through the river. There was a a colony of uh, these other who essentially became to be called Finfolk. Um, mm-hmm. The Riverbound was was what we like wound up picking for a name for this group. Was okay, okay. Not quite as only water as Finn was. Had a little bit more substance and a little bit more inherent form to them, um, mm-hmm. but still water things. And so there was uh, Finn had three elders from from his little circle, and then one someone who came in the cycle before them so the we established that the 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 riverbound they mm-hmm. aren't really born they have a very predictable cycle there's a a large lily at a a waterfall outside of the like outside of the town outside of the okay bubble. okay and like clockwork and you finn folk is found there when the lily blooms every x years Mm-hmm. And Finn was found in a like little, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like a little cave grotto area, like kind of under the river off to the side a little bit okay. with just this fish who, who wound up being known as Bubbles. Because um, you're Aww. never very original when you when you first gained the use of language. <laughs> uh, um, was it was just there being protected by this at that point very young fish, and mm-hmm. uh, they wasn't part of the cycle. It wasn't part of the bloom, so they weren't really sure what to do with Finn. And so Finn just kind of existed, um, like it helped move boats around, but wasn't there wasn't a spot built into society for the very regular cycle that the riverbound show up and then leave. Um, there was Wisteria, who was the the older, I guess you could call them siblings, who was um, wonderful and very artistic and and fancy and loved to to sing and be the center of attention, and it just wasn't really something that Finn was able to compete with at at that level. And yeah, <laughs> just kind of they they kind of withdrew a little bit and then studied and bred the like they would find the fish that would come in flecks of magic in their scales and would just breed them together so that there's a, a golden fish with like purple lightning that runs down its back when it swims or this or that <laughs> and it was just finn's little passing the time kind of thing yeah everybody learns that um well teenage stuff happens um and we decide finn and some of the others are having a terrible time somebody gets our our wonderful uh pangolin f- friend gets his heart broken by by finn's older sibling wisteria and Everybody decides, you know what, we're done, we're going. Because <laughs> uh, so Finn takes them to his room, like, brings them into this, like, super dangerous place because you do have to get under the water and, like, under, uh, like, through currents and stuff. It's built for somebody who is just water, you know, they don't really have mm-hmm. to, they don't, they don't mm-hmm. have to worry about breathing. And yeah. there were some accidents that happened while while we were getting folks there, but everybody made oh, it. Oh, no. And, Oh no! You, you know it's 
it, it, it was something to laugh about because nobody died. It was it was all good because <laughs> we could all laugh about it. But yeah, yeah. I, I hate to be that guy, but satyrs just aren't very good at swimming. It's the goat hooves are just. Oh, yeah. You know, it is yeah. what it is. <laughs> Finn doesn't run marathons and satyrs don't swim. It happens. There you go. Uh, <laughs> but we. Um, we got everyone into Finn's room and it was the first time that anyone had ever really interacted in Finn's domain. And it was a just kind of an underwater grotto uh, mm-hmm. with all the glowing ponds, fish and things. And there was uh, when they all got in there, there was this very old, large fish slowly swimming through Finn's like humanoid <laughs> manifested shape because it was just bubbles. You know, you got to you got to keep the fish safe. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and while we're, while everyone is down there and talking about wanting to leave, because there is a small hole up in the roof where you can kind of see the light of day, like looks like maybe the wall is cracked or something and it's far enough out that it's definitely outside of the barrier. Um, mm-hmm. and so we notice a pair of eyes looking at us from there and just a presence staring. Oh no. Yeah. And then... This thing falls in, called a lucrocata, and um, <laughs> uh, I had never heard of a lucrocata before. I don't know if that's a real thing or something out of Calliope's brains. I tried to find it on the internet and couldn't find too much, but I am not great at spelling <laughs> that word, apparently. Um, and it was this predator that would entrance you with a smile, like, through, like, magical compulsion, mm-hmm. and as you were laughing at its silly face, it would just come up and eat you. Um so mm-hmm. not necessarily the best reputation. And there was this moment while we were having this this happen, and this must have been our second session probably, mm-hmm. and I don't know why, but yeah. I had just a knee-jerk reflex to, to as Finn say, that's not, this is not what we agreed. Uh, just off the just off the cuff i don't know where it came from it wasn't really something that i discussed with calliope mm-hmm. before it was just that mm-hmm. this is not what we agreed on and from that little from that little like impulsive decision there was so much built out from there so as the lucrocata falls it does hurt its leg or we assume it hurt its leg on the fall um yeah and everyone sees finn use magic for the first time because in this world in our anti-magic bubble there is no magic be in water, the rules work a little bit differently, and uh, they see yep. Finn kind of heal this thing up a little bit as it tries to, like, it, like, looks and says, okay, you're cool, I'm not gonna mess with y'all, sorry about that, in its weird little way, and scurries back up and mm-hmm. leaves us alone, leaving behind a claw-scarred rock, um, which is is just, it, it, that, that becomes a major a major player later. And we, <laughs> it, oof, it's it's so good. Calliope sent me a li- as the as the campaign wrapped up. Calliope sent me yeah. a little care package, and included in it was a scarred rock, like the one that the Lucrocata left. Aww. And oh, oh, I sobbed. Aww. I ugly cried when I got that box. It was so good. <laughs> and that's we, so cool. Oh, it was oh, just wonderful. I easily the best campaign that i've ever been a part of more post-campaign care packages yes please i need to start doing that for my for my campaigns as well i just need to remember how the postal system works sometimes it is a mystery it is a mystery to all of us Sam. <laughs> um but we so we there's that impulse decision that i had um 
I guess, as Zion the player rather than Finn. And mm-hmm. it gets out of there. They see Finn um, use their magic to kind of uh, heal this Luke Ricotta up just a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And enough for it to be able to leave. And they say they see Finn pick up this broken, clearly dead fish that the Luke Ricotta has landed on. Um, like, dead, dead. And Finn yeah. just kind of, like, takes Bubbles out, lets Bubbles go back to Bubbles Pond for a little bit, and puts this, like, belly-up fish inside of them. And every and just, like, tries to have a normal conversation with folks, because this isn't magic. This is just what happens. And so... Uh, they then watch the fish come to life and start swimming around in, inside of Finn again. And for Finn just Whoa. puts it. Yeah, it was, it was a very, it was a very fun scene. Um, Cause it's not magic. It's just what you do. Like if, if you put a fish inside of you, it would come back to life too, but nobody put, nobody else puts fish inside of them. <laughs> <laughs> I ha- I could say I haven't tried that. <laughs> I think sushi might be the exception. Um, uh, and so, yeah, we've been from from there kind of introduced magic to being part of the conversation and everyone decided that, well, nobody ever told us about magic. No one said the Riverbound could do magic. Let's just go. Mm-hmm. So we, we leave, mm-hmm. come back the next day, all ready to leave. Everybody has said their pieces, left their notes, grabbed their packs, and we have all like set off on a little journey through the woods where we yeah. realize the world is a little bit more dangerous than we maybe gave it credit for. <laughs> uh, oh, oh! So Finn had did a, a a tangential thing that I forgot to mention. Finn's uh, sibling mm-hmm. Wisteria was a very big fan of ornamentation, and you know, liked to put like yeah, like beaded strings or stuff like in their torso to like accent and you know dress how basically accessorize an aquarium, uh, for lack of a better term. <laughs> and yeah, uh, Finn was just not really part of that like they 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 tried to get finn to wear stuff to to you know not make them look bad and it mm-hmm. just never really set but when they left uh finn did leave with the the scarred rock from the lucata lucrata um inside of their chest mm-hmm. so that yeah. was kind of the only thing that they they left with they get attacked by like two-headed thunder leeches and have a very bad time with that <laughs> somebody burns their hand doing magic for the first time we realize that our entire troop has magic uh capabilities to some degree or another and it's mm-hmm. just uh just a wonderful time you know every there there's yeah. all of the there's all the hallmarks of a of a coming of age story there's a will they mm-hmm. won't they between two separate groups of characters i think um oh my <laughs> oh yeah no i mean you're all playing yeah. 14 16 year olds it eh, it happens um <laughs> and uh which is difficult you know it's it no nobody really um tells you what to do if you know kissing your date could drown you um it's just <laughs> it, it's, it's it's hard being made of water um yeah <laughs> But, that's very know, true that's very true we 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 head through the woods we find that um you know we we see some really cool stuff some really wonderful mm-hmm. sights and then unfortunately we um it's gonna be a small small content warning for for violence uh, they we uh find the lucropata that finn had apparently had previous contact with before falling into the into the room 
mm-hmm. and it is um, it has been harvested. It appears for its blood, and is no longer alive. And looks like it was it had had a pretty bad life. Now that they were able to like look at it in the light, and yeah. um, so that made the the little token that Finn had um, a lot more significant. And then mm-hmm. time passes. We we explore. We do things. We find a goblin baby in the woods, which is very significant because huh. one of our other characters was a um, goblin who was adopted. Had no idea who their parents were, so yeah. they had the the opportunity to <laughs> to 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 kind of accidentally step into a parental role. We met some very honest, brutal dryads, and who said <laughs> that you know we didn't have to take the child, but the soil would not grow every tree that was planted. And so it's like, okay, so hmm. we should, we should really take the kid. Okay, cool. Like y'all, y'all, you're right. Y'all are tree people. This is fair. We're all, we're, yeah, we're, yeah. we're good. We'll take it. Um, and they were very, they weren't like happy fairy nymph dryads. They were like creepy old Testament angel dryads, trees with way too many <laughs> eyes coming out of very unpleasant places. It was, it was a lot. Ah, uh, okay. Um, Interesting. Oh yeah. The, uh, the, be- the beach is where we are safe. So we would always find beach trees after that because they would look out for us. Aw. Because there has to be a beach episode, right? <laughs> hey! Yeah. Um, we, we, you know, so we, we go on our journey. We find uh, a settlement of goblins. We find that our uh, our satyr, or I guess our fawn, rather, um, we find their sibling. They didn't know they had a sibling, and they joke that the huh. person who created them from sticks and twine was uh, the oldest thing that these woods have ever seen. And apparently, they are a niece, or they are—I believe Sage was was they. So they have nibblings now. Um, Aww. So a whole bunch of other uh, uh, other fawns <laughs> running around, including one fawn who unintentionally had the same name. Who came to be known as Agro Sage, which was great. <laughs> Always here for some Agro Sage content. Um, mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. was uh, an incident with Finn accidentally brewing um, some pollen and kind of getting drunk and unfortunately almost uh, succumbing to poison um, because, oh, like, no. he turned he turns into a bad tea. Um, <laughs> just not a not a great plan on there. Um, but with the help oh, of some, gosh, yeah. right, with the help of some foxes who were uh, who turned out to be part of uh, Veshna, who was looking like there, there was definite romantic tension with Finn. With um, she had some family who were foxes that were ultimately able to turn into humans, and Veshna was able to turn into a fox uh, huh. to get him to to get them to a. I know, right? It was it was we just played with so many cool concepts about yeah who you are and how malleable you are. It was uh, just, it was, mm-hmm. there were so many wonderful mm-hmm. things going on. And we, we get to the river or to the, to the lake, to the lake. And uh, we find out that there are people in the lake. There are the lake bound, not just the yeah. river bound. And we mm-hmm. are met with someone uh, who introduces themselves as Una because they were the first and they are so happy to see Finn because they've been gone for so long. Uh, oh. So it turns out that there had been a great flood. And uh, during the the second bloom of one of the lilies in this lake that Finn had been washed away. And that was where he was and in the river was where he was later found by bubbles. Um, huh. Yeah. So that was why he came there out of the cycle. 
and didn't really have a place because he was in the cycle. It was just the cycle of another flower. And because he wasn't there to take care of the flower, there had not been any more blooms from that flower since. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, so it's it's kind of a... So it was it, their, their society is structured in a very interesting way. And mm-hmm. so we had to have, like, once Finn recovered, because they were the ones who were able to, uh, to heal them, uh, we had to have this weird conversation of, okay, so you don't like the fact that I am called Finn because, yeah, that, that is just a name for water, isn't it? I, they, the other people called me water because they are the water people. Yeah, okay. It's like a human named <laughs> Hugh Man. It's just, it's, it's not it super happens, original on their but... part. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so they had a name and I, as a player, I think a lot about character names. I have uh, mm-hmm. a character that changes the spelling of his name every single time that he's played. Um, I have a character <laughs> that uh, did not have, that had a, number and then took a name and then the people that knew them by that name uh were no longer in the picture and so went back to the number before taking the name again like i i feel like names Mm -hmm. are are very are very powerful thing as a player and so yeah and also i mean like heck people themselves (laughs) right right like like names names are important not to not to yes yes i I, as someone (laughs) yes i think all of us with like having to we all have our, our internet handles and things, and that is a name that we have chosen, and it is as valid as anything else. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, to this day, uh, I don't know what the the name they had planned for for Finn was. Um, I, yeah. I as the player, I as the the person, do not know because mm-hmm. I. It was like, well, if I agree to this name, then I am agreeing to every single thing that you thought I would be in the 14 years that I've been gone and 16 years that yeah. I've been gone. Like, I, yeah, that is the thing that I can't do. Like, I get that this name doesn't like that you don't like this name. And I get that, you know, I'm in a new stage. I should take a new name. I'm water. I am what I am. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you can decide, you could decide to change that. No problem. But, it was the thing that mm-hmm. they had to figure out together because, okay, you don't want to be reminded of the fact that you were supposed to have someone with you that wasn't with you for so long, and now they're back. Like you don't, you don't want to call them that. You don't want to poke that sore in your mouth. But mm-hmm. I also can't be the thing that you have imagined me to be for this long. So it was mm-hmm. it was very fun trying to find the initial dynamic because. This character, uh, Una, uh, introduced herself mm-hmm. to the to the rest of the party as, "Oh hi, I'm Una. Uh, I'm Finn's life partner." Uh, because that was that that is that is essentially what they are. They are they are partner to take care of the flower. There's not necessarily the the romantic context, but there is the okay. you take care of the flower that you are from. You are the, the flower's caretakers, and you keep you make sure that the environment around the flower is, is good and healthy. And by helping the things around you, you help okay. that stay safe. So technically, okay. yes, but also that a, does a much, it says, so a, a much more platonic partnership by definition. Yeah. There's, although I imagine it doesn't have to stay platonic. I mean, there is a level of physical intimacy that is probably inherent when you are too 
amorphous water shapes floating in a in a lake like there's yeah. not really a clear separation of boundaries there um mm-hmm. uh so I, I imagine that it, 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 it is a partnership, but it, that was something that we never really like got into. It was it, like, no, that's it, fair. it just, it, it seems there was never any like displayed physical intimacy amongst the, the mm-hmm. elders for Fensel Conclave in the, um, in the river or anything like that. So yeah, probably, but only probably. Yeah. Fair enough. I, yeah, and everybody um, took that degrees of well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Veshna, who who was fenceable on again, mostly will they, won't they? Um, including one wonderful scene where Veshna burned her hand and Finn was able to do some magic, but of course it was just like a little watery arm over the hand. Oh, it was that scene Aww. you could eat with a spoon. It was so sweet. Oh, and it, it just made, <laughs> made my heart leap that day. Um, so Veshna did not, it took Veshna a few episodes to be able to come out of that. Um, but mm-hmm. by the end of it, like Veshna and Una had partnered up and were just like, oh yeah, okay, this one, this one is okay. Anybody else I would have had a thing about, but okay, they're, they're actually pretty good. <laughs> and yeah, we were there. We visit the goblin village. We learned that everybody who isn't Finn or, or Sage, um, there is a physical consequence to using their magic and it is that it slowly ages them just imperceptibly like a few days every time you use it so it's not really something you would notice as soon as you start using it um but we run across this there's a there's a village of middle-aged goblins and children and only middle-aged and tiny children we don't know why and then the the chief Mm -hmm. goblin explains to us like oh well it's you know, we have stones that we can put on people's ri- on children's wrists to keep them from using magic before we're able to tell them the consequences. But yeah, I mean, it okay. doesn't it doesn't come for free. It has to come somewhere. Okay. Uh, I I have yeah. a I have a real quick question, totally. Dan, which is, does does the magic um, does it age you mentally as well as physically, or nope. is it something where it's like, oh gosh, so like. You might you might physic you might like mentally be sixteen, but physically you might be in the body of like a thirty year old or something. Yeah, yeah. And oh, it, no. it, it doesn't. I don't think it actively matures you. I think it just ages you as well. So, oh no. Yeah, you you wouldn't have that like that great growth spurt. You would just be uh, an unusually short, um, very old person. Okay, and. I, I want I want to hear the rest of the story, and then I have a I have a, a thought about about the town of Pylon. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, a hundred percent. We so we we get the stuff from the goblin, and we uh, from the goblin mayor, and the, he of course asks you know tells our goblin that they are welcome to stay. Um, our wonderful goblin beckoning um, that they are welcome to stay. The child is welcome to stay, and all of that like. This is a this is an option. If you don't want to go back, you can stay here. We're a fishing village. We live by the lake that the that the river that the lake bound are in. We're safe. Nobody mm-hmm. messes with us. The humans don't mess with us. And then we find that the reason uh, the lucrocata from earlier had been harvested was that magic costs something, but doesn't have to yeah. cost something from you. Oh no! So, because the Lucrocatas were a magical creature, 
there was something that we didn't go the story path down to like learn what it was like we didn't go it was a lot of our like end of campaign our character is going to do this but it wasn't yeah yeah something we learned in story about the people being able to like uh kind displace of, the cost yeah yeah find find a way to create suffering without it directly affecting their life mm-hmm. um and and yeah, they they gave us the the idea to make sure we stayed away from, or if we found any humans in the area, you know, to stay away from them. It, like they said, to the west will be death. And so, all right, mm-hmm. cool, cool. We learned that's where the humans are. Um, ultimately, we all um, are able to go back. Uh, Una comes back and leaves behind her version of Bubbles, who is a a giant hermit crab in a French horn. Um, <laughs> just that big um, named Little Snippy yeah. uh, and Little Snippy is great and everybody goes no right it's wonderful it's just such a wonderful I just, image I just pictured I just pictured Little Snippy growing their way up through a brass section oh my goodness I hadn't considered that oh that's fantastic maybe oh. someday they'll grow into a sousaphone oh no I think I so I've got a, I've got a thing I've got a thing coming up for you that, <laughs> uh, and we 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 like all we all pile uh, get in this boat that the goblins have been kind enough to leave us. We um, go down the we go from the lake to the river um, towards the mm-hmm. waterfall that Finn's elders are at. We just pick up. I mean, you've got two water elementals like under the boat, and so we just pick up a whole bunch of speed. And just kind of soar <laughs> over the over the waterfall, yeah. Um, and the ship takes a little bit of damage. The boat, not ship. The boat takes a little bit of damage when we hit the water. <laughs> um, uh, our our wonderful Polly, um, short for cauliflower, uh, who is who was uh, Raven's <laughs> character, made the system. Yeah. Uh, that was their character in the story. I uh, just kind of got stuck in the hole of the boat. It wasn't great, but they could fly, so Aww. they could help the boat kind of angle and maneuver and stuff. Um, there was a brief interaction with with Finn and uh, Una and the elders who were at the the Lily where the new cycle was happening and the the new uh, the new riverbound uh, tide because they wanted to return to the pattern um, had been spawned and the riverborn are just riverbound and lakebound they are just mm-hmm. created they, they the sentience becomes and so there's not yeah. really. There's a thing where they are ignorant to the the rest of the things that are going on, but the water that they are from and like the things that have happened, they they come out with a little bit of innate knowledge about. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so Finn just kind of blankly says like, "Okay, well, cool. I'm glad that you're upset that I left and that I've I've disrupted everything. I came here as a diplomatic envoy from the lake. Um, so I'm going to come back in a couple of months again, and we're going to have another talk again after y'all have cooled down." And it turns out that Una is a title and less of a name uh, because it means it is it is the first from the blooms. And uh, Una apparently can do this weird thing where she make where they make a, a crown of ice come out of their head and pull huh. rank on everybody and really embarrass them. Yikes! Yeah, we, yikes! I mean, yikes for them, right? Oh, that was it was yeah that was not not great for their for their diplomacy. So we all go back. We have a good time. There's there's reconciliations made folks are going to to trade schools folks are are, are staying and um mm-hmm. and, and 
picking up the trades that their their parents had imagined. One of the foxes uh, decides that they want to be the next mayor because uh, the mayor's son, uh, who was uh, played by the wonderful Attactric, uh, Pyron, mm-hmm. when he, um, you know, he he just didn't want to be mayor. And so they, they decided a, mm-hmm. a fox person would be a much better mayor. And uh, yeah, we, we all had a, a wonderful time. And the closure to Finn's little story was that they um, went with Una. They took bubbles uh, and a mm-hmm. empty beer and like an empty uh, cask from, from the local tavern. Uh, so yeah. that little snippies would have, little snippy would have something to grow into later. Um, Aww. And Finn released all of the what then came to be known as Finn Finfish um, into the into the lake, so that everyone would remember that they were there and that they did do something here. It wasn't the mm-hmm. right place for them, but they still did something. They still had value here, even if it wasn't seen until they were gone. Like the yeah. fish, the value was always there. Uh, and Aww. yeah, Finn went to the to the lake. Uh, for the rest of the winter, came back down in the spring, uh, found out in the winter that they are no good at completely underwater polo. Um, just <laughs> their their water works in a different way, and uh, that they yeah. did have a knack for when the lake froze during winter. They had a knack for creating ice sculptures underneath the ice of the of the lake. Ooh, doing some cool ice architecture style stuff. That's so cool. It's just like lot. to think about. So much fun. Ah, okay. And that is that is the whole campaign. That is the whole thing right there, which I realize <laughs> is not entirely what you ask. It was just the campaign itself was was just so good, and the folks that were in it, the the wonderful uh, Alien J, um, Raven, Attactric, Calliope, IC Historian, uh, and Wohanna are all just mm-hmm. such absolutely amazing people. It was it it was such a, a beneficial campaign. Good. I I'm very glad to hear that you had that you had such a good time, Zian. Um, I, I'm curious, I'd like to hear a little bit about, uh, the others who were in kind of like the adventuring party and like, and like what Finn's relationship was with the others. Cause like yeah. you've kind of talked a little bit about, um, about, oh gosh, I was trying to remember names as you went, but the only one that's coming to mind right now is Sage. Yeah. So please, please yeah, so if you would we'll, like to. Yeah, we'll, we'll just start with Sage then. So Sage is, um, uh. Also, kind of with Finn and, and being in the upper age of our of our age group, um, and mm-hmm. Sage is a is a fawn that was created by uh, Faunus because Faunus was very original when Faunus was created. <laughs> and Faunus is it, there are rumors that Faunus is older than the woods, and whenever Sage asks where did I come from, Faunus just says with a straight face, uh, "A bundle of sticks and twine." Um, six twine moss. It is what it is. Sage and Faunus have a very wonderful relationship because it is very much an apprentice relationship. Like there is mm-hmm. familial love and affection, but it is also like I am going to treat you as an equal because I will value your opinion. I will let you know my thoughts on your decision, but this is the decision. Your decisions are going to be your decisions, and I'm just going to give you the right tools to be informed about it. It's a very wonderful mm-hmm. um, little dynamic to to be seen. Um, nice. Yeah, and so Sage is Sage finds out that their magic is ultimately um, healing, uh, not healing. Is it? It's alluded that maybe they learn healing magic um, after the game, 
but during the story their magic was uh being able to communicate with nature to be able to like summon summon plants uh ask the trees mm-hmm. questions things like that was an absolute lifesaver when we came across the dryads <laughs> um and that was that was played by uh, that was played by Wohan and uh, just just a fantastic mm-hmm. job and we've got um a tactric who did Iron who is uh the assumed next mayor he is our our pangolin friend who is kind of a little bit of a bard he's he loves to he loves to sing he loves to be the center of attention throughout the campaign we actually got i believe maybe two <laughs> little like improv songs of uh of a tactic just singing Aww. this this usually a fun spoof on a pop song um yeah it, yeah it, and it was just always like he was but they were like they were bops they were good it was it was absolutely <laughs> it was fantastic the only thing that wasn't fantastic is that uh pyron did have a crush on wisteria and wisteria did laugh at, at, at him and that is Aww. the the factor that got um that got pyron to decide that he wanted to leave the town and pyron was actually probably the least gung-ho about returning to town of the people that did stay in town because he it just he knew what yeah. his future was going to be there and he really wasn't a fan of it. Um ultimately he is <laughs> uh he he talked with the mayor and after the mayor found um which was what they called their dad it was, there was it was the the, da- the mayor dad. Um <laughs> it was uh it was decided that he would uh he would go to to a Bardic college um in a, nice. in days ride which was a days ride away. Um, <laughs> perfect right very appropriate town's name i'm sure they had a different name for it there but it never stuck with us um, yeah that's yeah, fine hyron's adopted uh sibling was beckney was played by alien j um and beckney was was the the goblin that had i forget how jay described this power it almost sounds in my head like the some kind of nostalgia magic um as a very very young goblin um mm-hmm. like before they were found by by the mayor and adopted into the the house of of pangolins um mm-hmm. they were in some kind of accident an explosion or something and it 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 hurt their eyesight pretty pretty significantly and left them uh without their left arm so mm-hmm. it was uh beckney's magic was being able to pull things to where an arm should be was i was thinking it was like a, a a uh above the elbow amputation was was kind of i yeah. think how i always saw it in my head and would just pull materials from around to create an arm and then would be able to like use the arm to like throw rock like use the rocks that were in the arm to build a platform to help get the lupercata out fell into a nice and defense house or something like that Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they, Beckney had a very interesting personal, personal growth. Like it, Beckney and Pyron were probably two of the least that Finn interacted with the, the two, two of them that Finn interacted with the least, unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. just because they were, because they were brothers, they were already such a tight knit group. It, yeah. Like, it was an understanding from Finn to like, okay, no, so this is that that's your main circle and I'm in circle number two, and that's cool. I'm fine with being in circle number two. Like that's 
Yeah. You know, you you are y'all. Yeah. Um, and there was uh, Collie or Cauliflower from mm-hmm. uh, from Raven, who was uh, perhaps modeled after some of the protagonists, the themes that protagonists have in uh, Dragon Ball Z and the like. Um, <laughs> uh, big hunger, uh, oh? big heart, big muscles, little brain. Um, um, <laughs> and just, just super. Hold. Oh my god! Oh my god! Because it's Dragon Ball Z cauliflower. Oh, yep, hundred percent. I, I don't know if Raven's listening, but if you did, that was a brilliant choice. <laughs> oh, she did. So, and uh, spoiler: Bro- uh, uh, Polly did have an older brother named Brock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a uh, a whole family of, of vegetation. Uh, yeah, and brilliant. So Kali was up. Kali was the only one of us that was not actually from the the town. She was from uh, the a, a nearby settlement. I don't remember, remember if it was Days Ride or not, but from a more farming um, environment, and mm-hmm. was staying with her cousin Veshna. And okay, um, yeah. It uh, the story ended with with Kali and Sage actually kind of joining up to to go and look for the people that were hurting the uh, the Lupercata. <laughs> gonna so, be trouble hey now hey oh, now yeah. you know they 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 had some really um some really wonderful moments of like getting that like that first holding each other's hand and like the acknowledgement of i you do make my heart flutter like oh we got some we got such Aww. good on, we, we got such good on camera interactions between those two it was just oh, it was wonderful um <laughs> and uh we also had i the the fantastic icy historian uh as feshna mm-hmm. Brevik, I believe, whose it turns out their their mother was um was a fox who decided that she was that she would be a person instead. And mm-hmm. uh Veshna's dad always just thought it was a joke because inside the town, like she came in she was a human before she walked into the town, was into the town, and you know, nothing to really be done about it after that. Yeah. Um except leave. Um but unfortunately she she passed away when Veshna was was fairly young, and so they had Aww. the yeah, that was, you know, it's a, it's a teen coming of age story. There's got to be, we, we got to hit the yeah, gamut on backstories. Yeah, there's got to be some drama. <laughs> um, and we, uh, and so Veshna's father owned the um, the Pylon Inn, which is great. Uh, just the name of the inn itself, the Pylon Inn. Oh, it's so good. Uh, there's so many good, wonderful little, just fun little word jokes just for us. With nobody else, <laughs> and there, Veshna ultimately uh, came back to town. You know, decided that she did want to like go and explore and continue. She had started writing a like encrypted magazine, Pylon Cryptids, <laughs> or something like that. Um, yeah, and she did want to go and explore the world and see see more stuff and. Mm-hmm. Uh, would create a new circle, a, a new like social club to combat the League of Other Children who are not your friends. Um, <laughs> uh, so wound up creating the uh, the League of 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 children who are friends but respect each other's boundaries. <laughs> and um, and yeah, there was there was some really there was some really great interactions between Finn and uh, and Veshna, like with the. The same day that mm-hmm. uh, Pyron was unable to impress Wisteria, Finn's sibling, uh, with his with his song, 
Um, yeah. Finn was trying. Finn tried to pick Beshna up out of a out of a river, and yeah, just didn't work. Like was able to keep them from getting any additional harm, like any harm from the rocks and stuff, but wasn't able to like give them mm-hmm. the cool moment of being lifted up out of the river. Uh, <laughs> and oh no. Yeah, so everybody gets safely onto the shore, and then, of course, Wisteria is there to take credit, and so Finn just kind of slinks away. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was that was the day that everybody decided, you know what, this place is no fun, let's go. <laughs> um, the will they won't they turned into an ultimately won't, uh, they won't with, uh, with Finn and Meshna, not because of any kind of animosity Aww. or anything, it was just like water and I want to say oil, but flesh is a little more accurate. <laughs> just very, very different. <laughs> yeah. Um, just very different lives yeah. when you don't have to breathe. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that is. So we had uh, Raven and Callie and uh, Attack Trick and Jay and, and Hannah and, and Calliope, of course. And I think that was. Jay and yeah, I think that was all of us. Yeah, um, okay. And it was just we we had a naming ceremony for the uh, mm-hmm. for the goblin because nobody knew its name since it had been left there. And we we did all submit our like little personal choices for what the what the baby's name would be. Aww. Finn's was uh, was raindrop because you know where it starts, but you can never predict where it will end. There's unlimited potential as the raindrop falls from the sky. So it was, that was Finn's <laughs> suggestion. That was not the one that was randomly chosen um, because Aww. let's live dangerously. <laughs> so it, uh, it, the the uh, goblin they wound up with uh, the title of Leto. So sure, some science. Yeah, you know, it was it was a good it was a good time. Good. And speaking of names, I kind of want to jump back to um, you. You mentioned, I think it was actually in your uh, in your submission of Finn uh, when when you were sending them in, uh, and something about uh, the name that, like, kind of like melding names together. So I'm curious, what what name did Finn decide to go by? So, um. Uh, I feel like if there's ever a season two, will be the time that we get the firm answer on this. Ah, uh, um, because okay. it was never re- okay. it was never revealed in in story on camera. But uh, I'll, gotcha. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of an exclusive with the name that at the <laughs> at the end of the of the campaign, the name that Finn was leaning most towards was uh, was Bloom, because it is not only the the like coming into yourself and figuring out who you are and finding where you are. It is a place of life. It is the an algal bloom on the on the lake. Or it is the, <laughs> the flower bloom. Like it is a point of life. Um mm-hmm. and that is uh Finn in a little bit different way than Sage and Veshna um also went about trying to protect the Lucrocata. Um mm-hmm. it, because if you can control the water waste you can actually do a whole lot of stuff. And keeping oh, yeah. like an area of the lake unfrozen during winter, so to make sure that the ones in the area were able to get a safe place to to have water, so that they wouldn't have to venture out into the um, into the more dangerous um, areas. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there was uh, a, a moment when we ran into a 
there was a second group of Lucrocata that we found. Um, yeah. In the in the circle with the dryads, and mm-hmm. Finn, who was always very like anti, was was not a one to physically escalate a situation. Was much more comfortable like hanging back and being there to help if things things went um, belly up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of rushed out in front of this uh, parent Lucrocata with two cubs, and so obviously mm-hmm. hungry, looking for food, and said, um, uh, we want to find the ones that hurt the one who left this mark and, like, had the rock in their chest. And mm-hmm. they we, we learned that, you know, that one had been pulled from the herd a long time ago and had been left in captivity and had escaped before being caught. And that mm-hmm. it's they knew when it left their web that it would never come back. And so they don't believe they actually said, but because that Finn had the rock, they said, okay, so we're just going to give you that thing's name now. And you are safe. You are, you are a friend to us. And that is not a title that we give lightly. You are, Mm-hmm. We, we 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 will cooperate from this point forward because I I mean I'm sure there was a little bit of we can't eat you um in there too <laughs> yeah yeah um, not a lot of eatings when your when your body is made entirely out of water I mean you can crunch on some ice for a little while but eventually your teeth are gonna hurt yeah um yeah and so I I I think Finn received that name and. I, it, it felt like at the end of the campaign that Uno was trying to find their own name as well. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I like to think that they worked out something together, something that played off of each other and, um, mm-hmm. and kind of built off each other's strengths and weaknesses. Nice. So the answer is, I have no idea what Finn's actual name is, <laughs> is, the, is the, the really, really roundabout version. That's Okay. That is okay. Uh, there sometimes, like like you said, sometimes you gotta leave an opening for a future story, and sometimes there's things you just don't know, and it's fine. Yeah. So before we do uh, the last question for today, Zan, is there anything that you wanted to talk about with Finn that we haven't talked about yet? Oh, okay. So any, I, any last thoughts? Let me. Let me. I, I made a real quick note. Um, uh, no, I mean, I think I, I hit all of my all of the points that I wanted to bring up. I do just it was very I know I mentioned it before, but it just the uh, the opportunity to th- play as a creature that doesn't move mm-hmm. in the same way and doesn't exist in the same form, like and getting to play that interaction with how they like it's like it's like a pelican. A pelican is absolutely terrifying because the only means it has to <laughs> it has to interact with the world is this giant, terrible maw of doom. And you know yep. we're, we're humans. We have our hands. We're lucky. But the pelican is terrifying because of, of the it. Everything is a nail because it only has a hammer. And mm-hmm. just freeing mm-hmm. myself up to be able to think about how this yeah. person of water would interact with the world. Like how would they? Because. We, we, we refer to them as like, you know, it being a, 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 a series of tableaus flowing from one shape into another shape to like animate while mm-hmm. you were talking and things like that. So everything would be a little bit more over the top and exaggerated because people mm-hmm. probably can't read the fine lines of, of a facial expression on water. Um, yep, yep, yep. And so Finn would 
you know, turn into an exclamation mark when they were surprised or into a question mark when they were confused oh just to like, um, if you, oh, if, deep cut, but if you ever played any of the Monster Rancher games, the, the idea of the, the gel monster is definitely one of the main mm-hmm. things that went into how I saw Finn in my head and how they would interact with the world. Um, See, my, my brain went to Morph from Treasure Planet. <laughs> oh, okay. Also, very okay. Another solid one is... The, well, not solid. Another good one is the... <laughs> uh, oh, the, the, the planet of, like, liquid people that Fry accidentally drinks in an episode of Futurama. That, uh, that whole... I can't even remember what they're called, but th- those things as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and just being able to, like, explore, like, what would... So Finn, as water, has the capability to, like, just be completely still. Like, if they are not actively moving, they're not creating mm-hmm. a current internally or actively moving, they're just still. And I think uh, it was a really fun thing to think that, like, that would probably be an unnerving thing to see. Like, we're always used to seeing somebody breathing or, like, moving slightly or talking with their hands. There is a natural organic movement that water has to focus on to do it. It was just, oh, it was Mm. just so much fun to play around with all of the, how the character, the tools the character had to interact with the world. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, I I guess, is there, is there any, any other, any other questions for Finn or or me or anything? Wait. Uh, there is just your last question for today, Zan, which is, why do you love Finn so much? Hmm. You know, <laughs> Finn really allowed me a chance to play a vulnerable character, and vulnerability mm-hmm. is something that, uh, as someone raised in the, uh, someone raised masculine presenting in the Deep South, um, like, vulnerability mm-hmm. is not really a thing that's okay. And Finn allowed me to really like be vulnerable with a really great group of players and GM that I, that I trusted. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it, it, um, you know, it, it allowed me to, to see like, I, that that's even in role play that mm-hmm. I can, um, still have a good time and still like, feel like the character is, is a real character and a real force without having to be mm-hmm. a face. And I, it's, it's always great to be reminded of that as, as a, as a high charisma player, it is always a good yeah. idea to know, or a good reminder to know you don't always, uh, just, just have to do the face. It was, <laughs> yeah, it, I, I don't even think of myself really mm-hmm. as an OC person. Like I have a character that I will play for a game and then the game is over and only like one character maybe two ever i have ever brought back for a second game that wasn't just a continuation of the first and so i i don't necessarily hold on to characters like that like like i i I don't have this huge long backstory of what happened before what's going to happen after it just it was the snippet Mm -hmm. of this character's life that i did get to see and i got to play through and yeah i I'm just really glad that I got to see such a I, I, I got to see and play as such a a nice genuinely like trying to be helpful and, and flawed but coming it coming over it in their own ways and then really learning to stand on their own characters. It was it was a, a very empowering experience to play. 
Good. I'm very glad to hear that, Zan. That that kind of experience with with any kind of a character is always just it's always just so good. It's it's great when it's done right. It's it can be it can be mm-hmm. oh, it's just wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So I guess this is the part of the episode then where I get to say thank you so much for coming on the show today to talk about Finn. I really appreciate getting to hear all about them and their adventures and their fish. It's so delightful. Uh, little bubbles, bubbles, and a uh, little snippy are gonna have uh, a long time of playing together. <laughs> so. This is the part where I get to ask you, Zan, where would you like to be found on the internet? Do you have anything that you want to shout out and or promote? I, I certainly do. I uh, would love to uh, just, you know, shout out the Black Feather Guild one more time. because is, is the place that I met all of these wonderful folks um, uh, mm-hmm. that I was able to do this game with. And uh, all, all of the amazing players that were characters in, that were that were characters that were so compelling that I just wanted to watch them interact um, <laughs> we, hey, that was just fantastic. Just everything, so good. And um, yeah, you can mm-hmm. find me uh, doing doing my stuff over uh, on Twitch and Twitter um, at Insanity I N X A N I T Y T T R P G. I'll be Insanity T T R P G for both of those, um, where I talk a lot about uh, tabletop games and a lot about their impact on mental health as someone who is ADHD, bipolar, and all that other great stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. it is uh, a subject that I, uh, I have some opinions on, (laughs) you know, um, but it's, it's Mm -hmm. a wonderful time and I'm always looking to learn more. Um, (laughs) yeah. And I I do also have a, uh, a publication coming out here in maybe next month, uh, probably the end of next month, maybe October, um, or maybe not October, (laughs) October is next month, maybe the end of October or early November, um mm-hmm. fingers crossed for that uh i have knock on wood right uh and we I, I took the probably one of my favorite classes from 3.5 dungeons and dragons which is the dread necromancer which is not a super happy class um and <laughs> i have taken it and with a new concept and mindset melded it to be the dreaded necromancer for fifth edition D. Um, ah, okay. Where the perspective is no longer um, an egotistical quest for immortality. It is rather the condition that someone who uh, finds themselves too in tune with the forces that govern life and death or fate. Um, it's referred to in the character just as the pull. Um, hmm. uh, it, it is a, a full class um, just about someone who is a little too close to the to, to that thin veil. Yeah. And a little too aware of life's passing and the fact that you do have these tools that could be used for evil and also like good mm-hmm. because healing is the same coin that harms. And so it is this this understanding of life and death and this acceptance that death will happen. And it was it's been a very therapeutic class to um to write. Has five wonderful subclasses, yeah. the Angel of Mercy, the Omen, the Soul Stitcher, the Necrotic Knight, and the Psychopomp, which I always forget for some reason. Um, a whole, a whole wonderful little, uh, little mix of stuff, including some real goodies in there, like the form, swarm of fireflies familiar. Um, Ooh. And so we're really playing off some a lot of uh, concepts of what would someone who is 
able to like know the immediate direction of fate in the area around them. What does that look like? And so we're doing some really st- good stuff. I'm working with a fantastic artist, Fort Aver, uh, that on uh, on that coming out. And yeah, stay tuned for that. It should be out really soon. And it is very refreshing yeah. to to take a what has been for so long a hallmark of like, no, this is only chaotic evil, lawful evil. No, 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 man. You're chaotic good now. <laughs> Let me tell you, buddy, you're Strip lawful good. Strip away the alignment. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we're we're just, you are the person that takes care of the livestock. And then unfortunately, the livestock didn't make it through this one. And now folks are not happy. Like it is, that, that's the whole class in a nutshell. Um, but it's going to be wonderful. I'm really excited for that to come out. It's, it's been a labor nice. of love. Yeah, I will definitely have to. I'll have to keep an eye out for that so that I can uh, retweet and support it from the show network. Thank you so much. The show network, the show Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> okay, now it is time for me to do my outro. Okay, so current events blast is gonna be first. Uh, we're recording this one a little bit early, but I think it's still safe to say when it comes out that everything's pretty much on fire right now. So, uh. I, I I think that at this point, like we we all see enough sources of suffering, and so I rather than try to encompass all of them into once into like ra- rather than try to point out every single source of suffering that y'all have seen on your social media feeds within the last two or three weeks, I'm just gonna make a blanket statement of do what you can. If you can, do what you can to help people who need help, whether that's calling your senators, whether that's providing aid, whether financial or supplies to a relief organization, either locally or uh, somewhere internationally, whether that's something as simple as like checking up on a friend, whether it's as simple as locking off of social media for the day, like do like do something. I challenge everyone to do something small to help whether it's yourself or other people. Um, and I guess that's it. And that's what I'm going to cut. That's what I'm going to keep it at for the current events blast. <laughs> um, and then for the rest of the outro, the home for Aaron OCs is a part of the corner podcast network. We can be found through ACAST and your local podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is violet by Paddington bear courtesy of the free music archives. We can be reached at waywardocpod at gmail.com or at waywardocpod on Twitter. And if you'd like to talk about Wayward or the other Corner Podcast Network shows like Loser Like Me, Faithful, and Not A Fire But You First, we have our own Discord server. Uh, there should be a permit invite on one of the show Twitters, and if it's not there, then message one of us and we can get you the invite. And I am always looking for guests to talk about their original characters on the show. If you or someone you know might be interested in talking about your OC on the show, please, 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 you are always welcome to uh, send me a line either through email, uh, through the show Twitter, or I have a handy dandy Google form that is uh, the pinned tweet on the Wayward Twitter account, and you can send your OC in there. Uh, I am I'm trying to be more on top of uh, I'm trying to be more on the ball with uh, having guests on the show after they have sent in OCs. So if you have sent in an OC and I have not contacted you to organize a recording, please follow up. Uh, otherwise, I won't know if you're still interested in being on the show. <laughs> um, anyway, it is also super helpful because this is a podcast. If you can uh, subscribe and leave a review on your listening 
if you, if you can subscribe and leave a review on your listening platform of choice, because that helps us to find our wider audience and to brighten more people's days. So, thank you all for listening. This has been Thumb for Wayward OCs, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. A fox person who, uh, this is something just for, for the camera video, uh, a little, this is kind of what they look like. This is part of the end of campaign oh, no. box that Calliope sent was one of a little kind of model nice. of one of the foxes halfway through transformation. It's, it's wonderful and it stares at me and sees into the pits of my soul. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. You're not wrong, Zan. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's absolutely fantastic, though. Um, <laughs> You creep through the lush forest, past a bubbling brook. Suddenly, a twig snaps behind you and you draw your sword. Your neutron pistol shakes in your hand as you step into the abandoned starport. You try to ping the captain, but the comms are dead. Then you see her. Under the streetlight, a woman smoking a cigarette. Her sly smile reminds you of the witness. She draws bullets in the dirt. Chestnut whinnies you hot tailor, but not before your arm tastes hot lead. Many Realms is an actual play RPG podcast with short campaigns and a variety of systems. Where to next?